Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This week, we're so excited to announce our very first merch. We are doing a collaboration with Daisy LA, which is an indie fashion brand local to LA run by our friend, Danny Nagel. Everything at Daisy is ethically made, meaning it's organic cotton or made with materials that are better for the environment than average and made in factories that pay living wages and just generally ethically sourced and produced and screen printed in the USA. You can find more info on her site. Danny has been working to steadily expand the sizing of Daisy brand for a while. She started with just one size, then she expanded to three. Then she added 2X, and now, with our help, she's expanding to 4X with more sizes in the future. We collaborated on a beautiful shirt with a design that features bodies of several shapes and sizes and abilities dancing and hanging out and having a great time, and the phrase allies of all size on it. It's a really beautiful expression of the Fat Molly's vibe, and we're so excited to offer it to y'all. Danny is using her share of the proceeds of the shirt to expand the rest of the Daisy brand to Forex, and we're using ours to keep making the pod better and better and better. If you want to get your hands on our collab shirt, follow the link in the show notes and go to daisyla.com. When you use code SAF, you'll get 10% off your entire purchase of all Daisy brand items. We have sizing descriptions and more about the shirt on our Instagram at she's all fat pod. So again, that's code SAF at Daisy LA for 10% off Daisy brand items. Wear that shirt to show you're a part of the fat Molly. Woohoo. I'm Sophie. I'm April. And this is She's All Fat, the podcast for body positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. This week, we'll discuss yoga, Jenny from the block, and fat cannonballs. And our friend Alex will be answering a question with me. April? I'm April. Okay. First up, we have my friend and fellow fat content creator, April K. Quio. Bow, bow, bows. Obsessions. What's up? It's April. I am currently outside of Ralph's in the parking lot. I'm about to go in and get one free item and then go back out. So hope you're doing good. I'm here with my obsessions. I also just had a thought that why have I never made this connection? Okay, you ready? Mm, these are my confessions. And then these are my obsessions. Like why have I never 
<laughs> suggested that that, like, you could drop a little clip, Maria. So, um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. And here are my obsessions for the week. So, I've been offline the past couple weeks trying to focus on some new scripts that I'm writing that I'm very much into and do not want to get distracted by the Daniel Caesar memes on Twitter. So, I'm just kindly looking away for the moment. So, I have been off all social media pretty much except for YouTube. Um, and so, I was on YouTube the other day and unfortunately, the algorithm knows me really well because they suggested that I watch a show called Airline UK. Um, and it is exactly what I needed. So here's the deal. It's a show that existed, I think, in the late 90s and then went on for apparently like many, many seasons. And the concept is just this very low concept. Uh, a couple airports in England and I think in Ireland they're just going to leave a camera crew there and just when people show their ass, they're just going to go ahead and record it. And it's incredible. <laughs> like I have found in my life that for my narrative television, I love a high concept, like, you know, the good place, younger search party, stuff like that. For my reality shows, I need the lowest possible concept. And this show's concept is just airport. Like what happens at an airport, which is like number one, most likely place for me to just have a full panic attack, like most likely place for me to see someone get a divorce, a relationship dissolve, people show their full ass, like everyone is at their worst selves at an airport. So when I heard this concept, I was like, it's perfect. Like for example, here's here's a classic uh incident that could happen on Airline UK. So a flight leaves at 7:30, someone shows up at the airport at 7:15 with their purse, right? They're like, let me on the plane. <laughs> the airline um check-in people are like, unfortunately, check-in ended 30 minutes ago. You have to like be at the airport before your actual flight. They'll be like, that's nonsense. I see the plane right there. And they're like, yeah, well, the plane is currently like pulling off and getting ready to take off and you, we cannot stop it for you because you didn't read your, your instructions. And they're like, this is nonsense. Like nobody told me they'll start melting down. One guy demanded a refund and they're like, it'll take five to seven business days. And then he did the thing that everyone thinks they're the first person to do, which is, well, how come the money can come out of my account instantly but it doesn't go back in my account instantly it's like calm down like you are not the first person to try to make this argument and it never works in your favor so please calm down there is another incident where a clearly drunk guy showed up at the airport and he was like dude does this airline go to dublin and they're like no we do not fly to dublin and then he just kind of hung around there for hours like hoping they would just magically create a flight that goes to dublin there's one lady who tried to bring her cat on an international flight and they're like ma'am does this cat have documents like what are you doing She's like, well, no, in Paris, like, I always just bring my cat everywhere. And they're like, that's fine. Like, this is an airport. You cannot just bring a cat on a plane. And then she started freaking out. And she's like, everyone's treating me like a terrorist. I just want to bring my cat. And they're like, ma'am, we're going to have to call the police. Like, it usually ends with them being like, unfortunately, we will have to call the police. And it's just incredible because, I mean, I spent my whole life watching my mom have these meltdowns at airports when it's fully your fault. It's like, you showed up six minutes before your flight. <laughs> And you're expecting them to stop the plane for you? Like, this is not the Megabus. It's so funny. Um, but I personally found that the people who are most likely to have a meltdown on the show tend to be Parisians for some reason. I'm not sure what's going on, but they all ask for the manager and then they all get escorted out by security. Not sure what's happening. But I would um, encourage you to watch Airline UK if you just like people showing their full ass, which I really, truly do. Next obsession is, so the singer Khalid, I've talked about before, I really love him. Um, he has a new album coming out. And so a couple weeks ago, he performed his new single called Talk on SNL. 
Um, and I was really excited because two of his background singers were Van Jess. And I talked about them before. They're this Nigerian singing duo. And I'm truly obsessed with them. So when I saw them, I was like, what's going on? Who's that? What's, what's happening? What's going on? Went on YouTube and looked up the song. And the video is so much fun. Like, I watched it seven times. And that's how I know it's an obsession. Um, it reminds me of, like, the Come On Over Christina Aguilera video. Like, do you remember that back in the day? Like, watching the making the music video of it. And then it was just all these colors and it's just like fun like I can't remember the last time I watched a music video that wasn't like me watching a Justin Bieber video ironically because he's being ridiculous like this was just genuinely I love this song this video is so fun it like has such a good vibe um I'm gonna watch it like I feel like I have not done that in a while add him to your playlist he's such a sweetheart love Khalid um and finally my final obsession for the week is John Early and Kate Berlant, two comedians that I stan, Soph stands. I've loved them for a long time. Back in the day before they sort of had their big blow up, they used to um, do a lot of YouTube sketches together. And I got a notification, hashtag notification squad, that they did a new one this week. And I was like, click, 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 click. It's so good. So I love them because a lot of their character work together tends to be people that hate each other but won't admit it. Like they have this unspoken tension between them. And so this sketch is called How Have You Been? And it's just that perfect thing of when two people who have sort of like competitive relationship, usually career-wise, but could be otherwise, and then they meet each other and then they just say passive-aggressive things to each other where they're like, oh, how are you doing? I, I heard your boyfriend broke up with you. Are you like, how is it going? Where it like is fake concern or fake support, but it's really just pure competitiveness. And I feel like as a TV writer, I experience that a lot where sometimes people would be like, congratulating you but in a way that it's clear that they're like mad that you're having any sort of success at all and I'm like if you just if you hate someone just say it like why would you have this fake relationship with them but I think it's funny because a lot of people will just perform that when it's like the tension here is so clear like you're not <laughs> fooling anybody but nice try so go watch how have you been on YouTube John Early and Kate Berlant's new sketch it's so good Finally, I just want to shout out hashtag sorry, Lindsay, for letting me know that Jake Gyllenhaal, my new random crush, um, has the voice of an angel. He uh, is a godsend. And thank you for letting me know because that was a YouTube spiral that I did not need to go down, but absolutely did. Uh, and with that, take it away, So. Thank you, April. Love you. Okay, so my obsessions this week... Number one, I started watching this terrible show on Netflix called The Order. It's really bad. It's really bad. It makes no sense. It's like a magic show at college. There's a like magic fraternity and like evil middle-aged people are in it and also college freshmen and, and then there's also werewolves and the plot is pretty nonsensical. And there's very few people of color, but it is wild. You know that I love a bad show with bad writing, hot teens, hot teens meaning like 28-year-old actors playing hot teens, and uh, magic, question mark. So check out that show. Tweet at me if you understand anything about it. It makes no sense. Okay, second, I wrote a piece about Shrill for Vice that is up now. It's in a link in my bio. It's in the show notes. You can check it out if you would like to. I got to interview both Lindy West and Samantha Irby, which was a dream come true for me. Um, they're both my icons. 
And I'm really, really proud that I got to do that. My obsessions are short and sweet this week because I was mostly just working. So also, I guess I just want to give a shout out to my boyfriend, Victor. He like made a lot of meals for me this week because I also had a cold and I just appreciate him. Obsessed with Victor. Love you. Also, um, I did buy the Glossier peachbomb.com the day after it came out. Um, a quick correction before you at me. I know I said peach like a million times, but I know it's mango. I just confused it. But you know what? They're both orangey, orangey soft fruits, okay? So I know you don't need to at me. Sorry. It's Glossier mango. This is probably why they'll never make me a rep. I'm a brand stan. I'm a shill. I'm a sellout. I'm canceled, but I did buy it and it does taste very good. And it does have a very pretty like orangey sheen. So I like it. If you haven't ordered Glossier before, you can use like the link in my bio or whatever. I don't really care. Um, it's a nice slip balm. Okay. Next up, we have our shout outs to people who have left us a review on Apple podcasts. One day, new and noteworthy, real ones know what I mean. Okay, thank you so much to the people with the following handles. Back Fat Babe, Maggie Luggies, <laughs> Kelly Fritsch, Kelly Frischa. I think that's a German word, not sure. Obscurious, underscore Penny Lane, underscore, and Grace Loves Cats too. Thank y'all so much. Also, thank you to our patrons. Um, we could not do this without you. We depend on you. We appreciate you. Thank you so much to the following patrons. Abigail Henderson, Kelsey Nowlin, Zoe Petticord, Laura Drescher, Adeyumoke Okeowo, and Becky Clow. Maybe Clough? Becky Clough? Becky Clough. Becky? Becky C. Thank you so much for being patrons. Okay, moving on to tip jar. Our tip jar this week is the Appearance Matters podcast, which one of our listeners, one of the members of the family runs. Um, she reached out to us and we wanted to feature her. So this is what she wrote to us. Um, I'm a body image researcher at the Center for Appearance Research, the world's biggest collective of body image and appearance psychology researchers based at the University of the West of England in Bristol. My work is broadly focused on looking how we can drive macro level change to create healthier body image environments and embrace appearance diversity. I'm currently doing research looking at corporate social responsibility and body image in reference to the fashion, beauty, advertising, and cosmetic procedures industry. I also do some work exploring colorism in the UK. And I make the Center's podcast, which I co-host with a fellow PhD candidate. It's obviously very research heavy and we speak to lots of leading researchers in the field. I really hope you find it useful. It's definitely imperfect, but I feel like it's so important to get academic research out beyond the ivory tower. And then she sent along some of her favorite episodes. Thank you so much, Nadia, for reaching out and letting us know about your really cool podcast um, and the work that you're doing at this British university. So those um, links are in the show notes. And if y'all are interested in like more academic research stuff, looking at body image, then check it out. Sounds super cool. That's the Appearance Matters podcast. All right, let's move on. Next, um, we are doing an episode about if you have a chronic illness or chronic pain 
and you've used CBD or weed um, and how your relationship with body positivity has impacted with that. Um, So if any of that rings a bell with you, send us a voice memo, which you can do by recording on your phone. Um, If you have an iPhone, you could just use the voice memo app and then email it to us. Or if you have an Android, I'm sure there's an app on there too. Okay. Just to do what we always do, we have a Facebook group that our patrons who are at Team Paisley Moo Moo and above are on. And the people on Team Paisley Moo Moo and above get to be in this Facebook group and people chat in there about all sorts of stuff. And it's a great, great time. So if you want to be in that group, just go to patreon.com slash she's all fat pod and join. This week, people in the group are talking about shrill. They're talking about um, cookbook recommendations and they're talking about the best plus size lounging robes. Also, usually for Team I Love Bread on our Patreon, we do an extra um, Ask a Fatty segment with whoever we've interviewed for the episode. This week, we have our friend from the Super Fat episode last season, my friend Alex, um, and we're pretty much just doing a mailbag up. So I wanted to do something different for the extra segment so it wouldn't just be more the same. So this week, we have a special thing, which is Alex is a huge history nerd, especially American government history. And so I asked her to do a little segment of her top five fat presidents. And you're going to want to check it out. Teddy Fats um, Belt. <laughs> Teddy Fats. Rosa Fat. I don't know. Fatty Roosevelt. Rose, fatty Roosevelt. Fatty I feel good about Roosevelt. Fatty Roosevelt. Oh, wow. That's great. It's awful. Okay. I <laughs> love I, Fatty Roosevelt. I'm getting that tattooed on my ass tomorrow. In your handwriting. So stick around. And we're going to have the meat of it coming up. It's me and our friend Alex, and we're talking about all of your questions. Here we go. The meat of it. Hi, my name is Alex. I am a 25-year-old law student from Los Angeles, California. (laughs) Um, I like pina coladas and long walks on the beach. <laughs> um, and you were on our podcast before. Yes. It's been, anytime being on the pod is a delight. <laughs> you were on last season. Last season? Yeah. yeah. Last season for our super fat episode. And we got a lot of requests to have you back. So we're doing a mailbag episode today. And since April is still 15 minutes away in her own apartment, um, taking her season break, we brought in Alex to answer some questions with me. Thank you so much for being here. Look, it's a pleasure to just be fat and be live, man, you know? <laughs> um, tell the fat family a little bit about your likes and dislikes and like, what do you, what do you like to watch on TV? Garbage. Hell um, yeah. Um, I don't know if you know this about me, Sophie, but, um, I'm actually the world's largest fan of Top Chef. Oh, my God. Um, I have seen all 16 seasons. Um, if Tom Clickia walked into this room right now and was like, you, I own you for the rest of your life. You are my indentured servant. I would be like, wow, that's my dream come true. Oh, my God. As long as you feed me, Tom. Um, what else? We do witch stuff together? We do do witch stuff together. We do do. Light. Oh, yeah. God, please fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, I'm very mature. Yeah, we are grown adults. <laughs> Ad, adults. Adults. 
Um, so yes, I like to light things on fire in a cauldron that I own. Um, oh yeah, it's really fun. You're it like is fun. such an earth mother when you do it. I just like I'm into kitchen witchery. I'm into I don't know. I like to be very cautious about my witchcraft because I I want to be respectful of of other traditions. So I try and tap in from my own sort of Jewish Eastern European witchcraft roots. My grandma's yeah. been practicing witchcraft for a long time, so I try and sort of. Pick up whatever that crazy bitch does. <laughs> do you want to kind of name your intersections? Alex is going to come back for um, the other mailbag apps we do this season, hopefully. So if you have any questions for Alex regarding her identity, etc., this would be a good time to listen up so you can know what to ask her about. I identify as, uh, generally would say I identify as super fat. I'm a cis woman. I usually identify as bisexual Sometimes I feel queer, but I don't know. My sexuality expression tends to be fluid, and um, I identify as overtired also. <laughs> I think that's probably... Oh, I'm Jewish? Jewish, but yeah. I don't know that that's that exciting unless you want to talk to me about how I failed at making hamantashen this week. So, Are those the cookies? Yeah, they're really good. Wow. But I'm, I'm a good baker, but I am not that good a baker yet. <laughs> Anything that requires me to chill dough for like three hours is not. <laughs> Dang. I just can't commit to letting delicious cookie dough sit for three hours. Wow. I like a lot of Jewish foods, but a lot of them I can't eat now that yeah. I'm gluten-free. But some of them are, you know, unleavened or whatever. Yeah. So I can eat those sometimes. Yeah. Depends how they're made. The matzah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Bullshit. Um, we have a couple listener questions here we're going to go through together do some chit chat, do some advice. Um, and then, uh, as everyone who listens knows, because I'm constantly pushing our Patreon because it is what keeps the lights on here. Um, we're also going to do an extra segment this week. Um, usually we do kind of like an advice column section with whoever is the guest of the week, but since we're doing basically that on the show, um, we are doing, uh, an, a team. I love bread, Patreon, mini sewed, about fat presidents because Alex is obsessed with American history and knows so much about presidents and government, etc. I had so. a lonely childhood. <laughs> so it's gonna be great. So like tune in for that. Okay. Are you ready to get started? I'm excited to get my own mini so because I am a Patreon member. <laughs> Support your you. friends, people. Hi Sophie. This is a Hannah. I just finished listening to the episode with you and Maria talking about, like, what to say to indicate allyhood. Um, and I just wanted to, like, weigh in that something that you talked about was the idea of, like, saying plus size are bigger bodied. And I would probably, you probably consider me a small fat, right? But I'm definitely, like, not straight size. And something that's been super awesome and validating is that my yoga instructor, who's, like, very thin, um, absolutely uses words like that super comfortably. So she'll say, like, you know, if someone has longer legs, it may be more comfortable to do this. Or if someone has wider hips, it may be more comfortable to do this. Or if your body is smaller, this is how you adjust it. Or if your body is bigger, this is how you adjust it. And it's, like, so fantastic because she never, like, looks directly at people. So even in a time where I'm, like, clearly the largest person in class and I know she's absolutely saying it, for me, it feels super comfortable and normal because it's just like, here's a different way that people's bodies are, and this is what we'll do to adjust them. And so I just wanted to, like, acknowledge that what Maria and you were saying about how to sort of indicate 
that you're a safe, comfortable person. I have fully had that happen and have had other people, you know, present themselves in ways that make me feel safe and comfortable and validated in that space by using language like that. So that's all. Thanks. Bye. First of all, thank you, Hannah, for telling us that. I'm really glad that you have that experience with your yoga instructor. That's awesome. I feel like it's very hard because it's so individual what people are comfortable with, but that also to me sounds like very broadly affirming. Yeah. I think it, it allows you to decide what you feel comfortable with. So if you are a larger body with longer legs or you're a larger body with shorter legs, you can sort of take whatever advice the yoga instructor has and apply it to yourself. Yeah. It's not targeted at you. It's just targeted at here's a wide range of knowledge because all different types of people like and enjoy yoga. Yeah. Except me. <laughs> Do you not like yoga? Fuck yoga. Have you ever had, or have you ever noticed someone like using words you felt comfortable about as a thin ally to describe your body? I feel like it's very rare. I'm going to go with never. Yeah. <laughs> to just to be, even my friends, I would not say describe my body well. Like it's, it's, I don't think people are necessarily ill-meaning. I just think they lack the tools, which is yeah. why it's great to have an episode like that that sort of gives any thinner listeners a framework from which to work. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you're small to mid-fat, there's, like, not as much of a gap as if you're super fat with this stuff. It's hard, I think, because from an accessibility and a mobility standpoint, there's a really big gap between small and super fat. And so I think from some in the context of something like a yoga class – you know, something like that is generally out of reach to me, even yeah. at my f physical best, let's say. And I, those spaces are too uncomfortable, I think, even for me to feel comfortable entering a lot of the time. But it would just be amazing. I think it's amazing that your yoga teacher, Hannah, is even conscious of that because mm -hmm. so many people aren't. Like, I'm trying to think of situations when people you're around would need to refer to parts of your body. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, my friends in any context are pretty jokey about things. Yeah. I don't know. I have giant boobs and um, they don't, like I literally cannot find bras large enough for my boobs. The largest size I've been able to find is still too small. Yeah. So I'm constantly rocking the quad boob. So I usually <laughs> will have a friend who's like, hey, you've got a half a boob out. But that's, I don't know. I don't feel like my friends use a lot of language about my body in general. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's more, like when you and I go places, it's more that I'll just be like, is this comfortable for you? Yeah. Because there's not really any need for me to be like, does your ass fit on this chair? <laughs> you don't know. Hey, is like, this table <laughs> far enough away from the chairs so you can fit your giant fucking stomach? <laughs> like, there's not. But like, I hadn't thought about that before. That that you know mostly applies to more small and mid fat experiences. I feel like, but you know, it's useful to think about. Even like doctors, I feel like could use better words. I know that like some of them are like medical terms or whatever, but I don't feel like doctors talk about bodies in a particularly good way. Okay, so let's move on to our next question. Hi, it's Hannah. Um, I wanted to start by saying thank you um, for making this podcast. I feel incredibly seen and heard and affirmed by this in my experience as a fat woman, but also it's been able to be a, an incredible resource to me to reference my straight size friends or people who want to be allies in body positivity too, um, instead of having to do all of that myself. And so the question that I have for you guys is more, I guess, just some commentary. Um, what do you guys think about songs like Fat Bottom Girls by Queen or Big Girls by Mika? 
Um, and how does that play into body positivity? Um, do you guys see those songs as kind of fetishizing or, um, are they truly, you know, like celebrating big bodies? Um, I obviously have my own opinions on those things, but I kind of want to know what you guys think about something like that. Thanks. Okay. Wish April were here to answer this pop music question, but in my opinion, like, I mean, I think any song that's like a man talking about a woman's body is kind of objectifying in any way, you know? Yeah. Like, there's not really any song that's like, and her waist is so thin that I'm like, yes, positive. <laughs> Look at those peg legs. Right. I love her skinny knees. <laughs> like, oh my God, those not... elbows. I'm into her collarbone. Like, Please that's not don't. body positive either, you know? Uh, but what I do think is cool is things that feel like reclaiming. For example, like Liz, anything Lizzo does. You know, where she's just always just like, I'm thick, I'm fat, I'm the best. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, I feel Uh very comfortable with that. The other music stuff, I'm sure there's like really good writing about the male gaze and or the male speech the male <laughs> the male listening the male music. sing i don't know but you know what i mean yeah i mean i'm not gonna pretend like i don't love fat bottom girls of course i love fat yeah. bottom girls i grew up on queen i mean like that's classic white dad teaching his <laughs> daughter about the music of his generation mm-hmm. bullshit you know um and i definitely as a fat adolescent enjoyed that particular song because like if it came on at a school dance I'd be like this is my moment um it was never my moment um but but I I mean it's it's I don't know that I would go so far as to say it's fetishizing though I understand why some people might feel that way I just don't think anybody who's writing those songs is putting enough thought into it to really like if Freddie Mercury didn't have a fat fetish as far as I'm aware. But I do think they're very objectifying. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's different because anything that's about fat people is different than if it's about thin people. But, like, because of society. (laughs) Hashtag because of society. But I do think that, like, it's just objectifying maybe more than fetishizing. Right, because, like, think about the difference between something like Fat Bottom Girls versus, and again, I know this is not exactly perfect, but all about that base, right? Sure. Like, think about the perspective of those two songs and they definitely I mean Megan Trainer's bullshit all that whatever but I don't care for her but um but I think they definitely have a different tone yeah or even between those two and like Lizzo's most recent song which is yeah. called Tempo I think yeah, yeah yeah like where it's like okay Fat Bottom Girls is about a man looking at a girl and liking her body it's about a man looking at his nanny as a small child and becoming sexually really? attracted yeah. okay I don't it's- know the lyrics <laughs> You know that I don't know music. I can't oh. concentrate on lyrics unless I'm just listening to the lyrics. Another I don't know hashtag what, Sophia's homeschooled I moment. Mean, yeah, I don't know what the what most of the lyrics to most of the songs I listen to are. Victor was making fun of me the other day because I had um, I had J Lo's song Jenny from the Block stuck in my head, but I kept getting the words wrong apparently because I kept saying don't don't be confused by the rocks that I got. Sophie. And he was like, Don't be why? fooled. I know, but I don't know why. <laughs> why would you be confused by rocks? It's the same thing. No, it's like, fooling is that you're like, you're representing a false impression to well, someone. they're confused by that. No, don't could, be confused could, by the rocks that you got. Oh my God, I'm Sophie. Still, I'm still Jenny from the block. Wow. Used to have a little, now I have a lot. No matter no, 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 where I came from. That's the lyrics that no I know. No matter where I go, I sure. know where I came from. I can't and then you hear. go, the Bronx. <laughs> I don't have good audio processing skills. But like, okay, the difference between Fat Bottom Girls, which is about looking at a woman be as a man, 
all about that base, which is about being being like I'm sexy to a man, but I like my body. Right. I mean, again, I'm not crazy about I'm sexy no, 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 to no. a man, but it's still better. It's it's like a step towards, and then Lizzo, which is like I like myself. You can like me if you want. I don't give a fuck. Like I'm just I'm Lizzo. Yeah. Fuck you. I love Lizzo so much. Oh my god. Um. Yeah, I don't I know. I don't love Playboy, but I love Lizzo in Playboy. I love Lizzo. I just... I love reclaiming, even though it's not really reclaiming, but I love reclaiming toxic spaces with empowering yeah. women. I think Lizzo's great. I don't know. I think that's a better question for April, but unfortunately, you only have us this season. Sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm not as good as April. That's I'm not a- as hot as April, but I do what oh, I can. come on. Neither of us are April. That's all. April's love so April. Much. Love you, April. Okay, let's listen to our next question. Hey, Sophie and April. My name is Hannah. And I'm a Canadian science journalist. Uh, I report on the pharmaceutical and clinical trials industry, but I also write a lot of stories on health research and risk factors for disease. Obesity comes up a lot in this type of research and how weight can increase a person's risk of developing conditions like diabetes and heart disease. Uh, After listening to your show, I realized that I may be inadvertently perpetuating stereotypes of fat people in my writing, and while my number one priority is to be true to the science and help keep people informed, I also really want to be an ally to the fat community uh, and feel like maybe this could be a great way for me to contribute. Could you tell me how I can uphold my journalistic principles while avoiding potentially damaging statements about obesity and health? Okay, thanks. First of all, um, I just like whenever I hear people who are in science or medicine or whatever listen, because I'm always like, thank you. (laughs) Like, these fields... This is a great question. You know what I mean? And like, these fields are so... feel so alienating to me most of the time, and so I'm so glad that people in them are like... Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Learning and trying to incorporate this stuff. Mm-hmm. Number one, I mean, I'm sure you know we like don't like the word obesity because it's such a like term that just problematizes bodies kind of for no reason or like makes bodies into a symptom or a function of something that's not necessarily accurate. Do you know what I mean? I think that's when exactly. I say that it it corrals. Any, I mean, just think about what constitutes obese in a BMI context, right? right? And it's how like many it's doctors bullshit. are still using that. Like. Exactly. So, like, I don't know. I think, like, it's hard in the medical context because, number one, so many assumptions or studies that use obesity, quote-unquote, like, fatness as a risk factor or whatever, it's like, I feel like a lot of times they're not really looking at things like eating habits, activity levels, overall health, mental health, access to money, access to money, any of those things where it's like, I think 
I'd most, love to see a study about how poverty affects weight right, and exactly. health and other risk factors. I mean, I think most of the time, if obesity or weight is listed as a risk factor for anything, it's truly one of those other things <laughs> instead. Um, which is not to say, again, as we've said many times before, that like people don't have different experiences with like fatness affecting or interrelated with their health. But I just think that it's such like, it's just not, it's not, it's too much of like a, a overall thing to be really, to give really any information, especially because like so many people fit under that umbrella who are so different and have Mm -hmm. so many different bodies and so many different issues going on or whatever. What's interesting to me also is confirmation bias in the medical field. And you have a lot of people who have gone through medical school over the last 20 to 30 years, during which time we've had this quote-unquote so-called obesity crisis here right. in America, right? And so much of what they're learning in medical school is meant to affirm, okay, here's how you treat fat patients. Here's how you work with people who are overweight because that's – I mean, so much of that is fueled by the insurance industry's belief that if there are less obese people, they will pay less money for healthcare costs, right. which is lib bullshit. But <laughs> um, talk to me about pollution. Talk to me about – I mean, there's right. 800 other – there's so many medical costs and so many medical issues that have nothing to do with obesity. And I mean, having myself had a wide variety of weights and a wide variety of medical problems at my most heavy, I had no heart problems, no diabetes, no nothing. I mean, my, to be super candid, my biggest health problem is I was born with a tumor in my body. Yeah. Like that has nothing to do with my obesity. It yeah. is not made worse by, it's not caused by, but I'm going to cost my insurance company a shit ton of money to have a fucking tumor removed. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with my weight. Well, it's just, yeah, it's just such a broad stroke where it's like, okay, actually what would be helpful for me to know is if like, is when it's like having a eating disorder that, that involved restriction is a, is a, is a precursor for this thing, because that's a precursor for a lot of things. Having, um, having done yo-yo dieting that causes metabolic issues is a precursor for these things because there's so many different ways that people are fat and have become fat. And like, like just for example, me, I have gone through a lot of yo-yo dieting. I have a lot of metabolic issues because of it. I also have PCOS. I have a lot of, what is, what's the word, like inflammatory issues. I have a lot of like whatever. My experience on the way that my fat on my body functions on my body is so different from someone who is like, you know, falls under the bullshit BMI of being obese and has never dieted. Like yeah. my body functions totally differently than theirs. And so just that category, I would say is like useless. So it's like, I don't know exactly what you can do when you're just writing these articles about it as much as like point out how that in itself to most people is not a useful metric. It doesn't say anything except fat is scary to say obesity is a is a precursor for these things. It, it doesn't give information. As someone who's a severe hypochondriac and reads a lot of medical articles. Yeah. I will say that as an obese person, if I see obesity in a medical article, I immediately ignore it yeah. because it's not that it undermines the article in any sense, but like, it does I don't, for me. I don't assume that whatever medical condition that I could be convincing myself I have has anything to do with my well, obesity. Because all fat people have had the experience of having a doctor blame something on your fatness that you know is not associated with it. Right. Like I have a, a spinal injury that I got from being in a car accident yeah. when I was four. Right. I was Four, I promise you that I was not obese when I was four. And even if I was, the spinal injury would not have been caused because I was obese. It was caused because I was fucking hit in the side by a car. Yeah. I've had doctors, even, you know, when I was like 12 and going in for medical care and they're like, "Mm, you're 20 pounds overweight. That's what it is. It's like, no, actually I was T-boned by a car as a child. That's not, you know what I mean? It's, it's so easy for doctors. I find it, it, 
I find it represents laziness to me yeah. in the sense that if, if you immediately jump to obesity is the root cause or obesity is the only cause of what's going on with me medically, I know fundamentally I can't trust you as a doctor. Yeah. I mean, it just gives me such little information. It's just in the same way that like if someone was like, women, blah, like all women, blah, then I'm like, you're transphobic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like this. Well, same- it just immediately causes me to write you off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and again... I would encourage you to use words like fat instead of obese because a lot of people feel obese is like basically a slur, you know? It's just such a bullshit term that's been used to medicalize our bodies in a way that's not informative and not helpful um, and pathologize, I think is the right word. Just being like fat is the problem when it's like, again, I'm like, that fat does not tell you anything, really. But also like, think about it this way, like what, you're, you're, Fat, if your BMI is like what above twenty six or like twenty eight or something, God, BMI is like bullshit. Right, too. but like my BMI is like sixty. Uh-huh. Like you know what I mean? So like someone whose BMI is right in the start of the obese range and right. me have a very different experience exactly. a of being fat if yeah. that person is even fat at all and b of the kind of medical care we're getting. And but like, we're both quote unquote yes. obese. And these, I feel like a lot of times those studies don't make those differentiations at all in the way that they might for like other things that are talked about the same way that fatness is, which is like alcohol or whatever, you know, they make a big right. distinction between if you have one drink a week versus if you're drinking every single day, but which or is again, not to compare, habit, right, right, which is not to compare <laughs> drug and alcohol and like fat bodies. But, um, I feel like they are talked about as precursors for things in a similar way in medical sure. shit. Alcoholism precursor for liver disease, let's right, say. Exactly. Or whatever. But like, you know, being fat's not an addiction. It's just people's bodies. But right. yeah, I appreciate this question for being being very thoughtful. I think like you're in a hard spot because so much of the science and medical stuff is like very fat phobic. I would just say like the most you can do to like push into what that means actually, (laughs) because like a lot of times it's also just tossed off. Like question what data you're given. I would say when you, you know, if you're given, I get that the journalism industry is hard and a lot of it is just like you're given a study, do a write-up on a study. Like you don't always have total autonomy over what you're creating, but I think question what you're given. If you see something that hinges on on obesity, see what more you can find out. Coming up after the break, Alex and I tackle more of your questions. And here's another little preview of that amazing Team I Love Bread episode. True equality in this country when we have a fat female president war criminal. Exactly. I've always wanted a fat female war criminal to lead my country. Don't you? Can we just get Elizabeth Warren to put on some weight? Oh my God, get for real. This week, we're so excited to announce our very first merch. We are doing a collaboration with Daisy LA, which is an indie fashion brand local to LA run by our friend, Danny Nagel. Everything at Daisy is ethically made, meaning it's organic cotton or made with materials that are better for the environment than average and made in factories that pay living wages and just generally ethically sourced and produced and screen printed in the USA. You can find more info on her site. Danny has been working to steadily expand the sizing of Daisy brand for a while. She started with just one size, then she expanded to three. 
Then she added 2X, and now with our help, she's expanding to 4X with more sizes in the future. We collaborated on a beautiful shirt with a design that features bodies of several shapes and sizes and abilities, dancing and hanging out and having a great time, and the phrase allies of all size on it. It's a really beautiful expression of the Fat Molly's vibe, and we're so excited to offer it to y'all. Danny is using her share of the proceeds of the shirt to expand the rest of the Daisy brand to 4X, and we're using ours to keep making the pod better and better and better. If you want to get your hands on our collab shirt, follow the link in the show notes and go to daisyla.com. When you use code SAF, you'll get 10% off your entire purchase of all Daisy brand items. We have sizing descriptions and more about the shirt on our Instagram at she's all fat pod. So again, that's code SAF at Daisy LA for 10% off Daisy brand items. Wear that shirt to show you're a part of the fat Malay. Woohoo! Hi, April and Sophie. I'm hoping you might offer me some perspective about how you deal with people in your life that you're really close to that are really deep into diet culture to the point where, you know, it's it's all over their social media in every conversation they have with you about the new fad diet or exercise or talking about their body uh, in such negative light. I'm really new to the self-love journey two to three months in and it's still really raw for me and I'm not really ready to talk about it with these people and I'm just wondering how I can still navigate these relationships and remain content with them while going on this self-love journey which feels like the total polar opposite of the journey that these individuals are on. Anyway, I hope you can offer me some perspective. I love your podcast. It's done so much for me already. Sending all of my love and good vibes from Canada. Love, Hannah. Another Canadian Hannah, eh? I love Canadians. I love Canadians. Are any of you single and interested in marrying me? All <laughs> genders. I'd love to be married and have your Canadian citizenship, um, please. First of all, Hannah, can I just say, like, I think it's cool that you are so aware of your body positive journey. I feel like when I was two to three months into my body positive journey, I was not aware of that. You know what I mean? I don't even know if I knew that I was on a journey. Right. I was just like, um, I guess I'll uh, follow Nicolette Mason. <laughs> you know? Like, I didn't. I was not this self-aware about it. I, I have trained the the my four friends to not... <laughs> about this shit anymore so i feel like you have maybe more to say about this what do you have to say i have so much to say please say so um my mom is i come from three generations of of anorexics so i obviously have a very contentious relationship from a familial perspective with people who are very deep into diet culture very 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 deep into diet culture um and i would say most of my friends are in diet culture i would say they're supportive of me and they're happy to let me do my own thing but similarly they want to be left alone to do their own thing which may be just being in diet culture and so the best way that i tend to deal with it is um do you ever have a friend who's in a multi-level marketing scheme I have never, but I know people do. Right. So I just sort of pretend that when they're talking to me about their diet, it's like they're talking to me almost about Scientology. And I just sort of like, my eyes get really wide and I nod along. I'm like, oh, so interesting. That's what paleo is. <laughs> oh, I had no idea. And I just let it, like, I I almost treat it like a bad marketing pitch. Uh, you're pitching diet culture to me. And I am like a studio executive and I know that I'm going to reject your pitch already. So I'm just sort of 
coasting on it. I, I really find that's what works best for me is almost ignoring it because yeah. the reality is, is you can't, not everybody is going to be interested in becoming an ally and not everybody's going to be supportive. And that I think for me has been one of the hardest blows about engaging in my body positivity journey or whatever it is, is sort of accepting that not everybody is interested in being on the journey with me, which is really hard because when you're on this journey, it can feel extremely challenging, but also phenomenally liberating, right? Yeah. You're just like, oh my God, like I am free in a certain sense. And you want everyone in your life to be free. And you also don't want to be bogged down with their bullshit that they're still mired in. And so I really try and treat it almost like I'm at lunch with someone I don't like and they're telling me something I don't care about. Have you ever asked someone not to talk about this stuff with you? Yeah. So I have a good friend who sometimes strikes, she's, she, I would not, she's thin, she's thin. Um, and she's had weight fluctuations and sometimes struggled with it because a lot of her identity is tied up with being thin. And sometimes she talks about her weight loss journey in a way that I find very stressful. I hate the phrase weight loss journey. I know. I'm just thinking journey is so triggering for me. (laughs) It just makes me, I hate it. I feel like my tongue is carpet, but, um, but that's pretty much what it is. And it, Sometimes I have a hard time because she'll just talk about like, oh, I'm so fat or I just hate my this or I hate my that. And I'll have to be like, hey, I love you. I'm not the right person to talk to about that. It's totally cool that you are having your own experience with that. I get that diet culture affects you even as a thin person. You are totally welcome to experience that. But I am not maybe the right person to dissect what it's like to have a single fat roll with. Like just not, I'm not your girl. Yeah. This kind of thing is so individual, like what you feel comfortable with and what you can handle and what you want in your life. Because some, Uh like I can't handle any of it. I'm just like, I don't have friends who do that anymore, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, I have, I've never like had a big fight with a friend about it. Most of my friends are close friends who like came along with me as I found this. You know what I mean? They were like, I started talking about it and then they were interested in it and we like went on it together and they're still like learning and processing as well. But I don't have anyone except for like sometimes my mom, I have to be like, please don't use value words with food or whatever. But like, (laughs) if I even tried that with my mom, (laughs) she would just... And my mom's always like, okay, yeah, sure. Sorry. Like, (laughs) you know, but like, yeah, I feel like it's, it's, there's not like one right way to be about it. I think sometimes people get caught up in feeling like they have to be like a warrior for it. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. Like I, exactly. I have what feels comfortable for you. I have another good friend who has struggled with an eating disorder herself. It's not my job to police her healing process in that by trying to make her body positive. She's not going to be. And that's, Fine. It's, she's not mean to me about my body. She's happy that I'm body positive, but it's it doesn't work for her. And she's that's, in her own space. I mean, hopefully, I hope that she like has healing, but also like you know you can't like shove it on someone. And I think that shoving it on people is part of what's caused like the commodification of body positivity absolutely. and like the, the false veneer of it. You know what I mean? Like we'll put a link in the show notes to this Amanda Mull article. That's about like how sometimes body positivity gets pushed on people in a way that turns it into don't say bad things about your body, but you, but everyone still thinks them basically. And that's so antithetical to the actual goals of it, which are like, let's liberate ourselves from these these strictures, these norms, these, the pressures and the, the biases of society as a whole. It's not about like, don't call yourself ugly in front of me. You know, like if you, if you feel ugly and you want to call yourself ugly, it doesn't ruin my day to hear that you feel ugly. I'm not going to think I'm ugly because you think you're ugly. 
it's more, I want you to be happy. I want you as my friend or someone I care about to have a less miserable experience with your body, but I can't create that for no. you. Only you can create that the for you. The only thing you can do is create boundaries for yourself that you feel comfortable with. Yeah. That may feel different. Like clearly that's different for us. Sure. Exactly. And like that is going to be different for everyone. But I feel like with all facets of this stuff where it's like, they're like, even with other intersection stuff, like for example, April and I created It's Okay You Can Ask as a space where April is comfortable participating in conversations about blackness. There are other times when I ask stuff and April's like, I don't want to talk about that with you. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, like you have to be able to consider what your boundaries are. I would say the hardest thing is to consider for me, it's to consider what my boundaries are in the context only of myself. Like a lot of times when I consider boundaries, I get trapped into like, but is that too mean to uh, someone else? It's like, no, that's bullshit. You get to decide what your boundaries are. You don't owe anyone conversations about anything no. unless it's like, you know, your partner or something or what you're whatever, but like, you know, you don't owe anyone a discussion. And so it's okay to just be like, Hey, I don't really know how, I don't really want to get into this right now, but I'd rather us not talk about this. And my therapist says something great about boundaries that I find is really helpful for someone like me who is, um, conflict averse does not describe what I am. It's, it's not a deep enough Um, But she says, when you set a boundary, it's really important to leave space for the other person to throw a tantrum. If they want to throw a tantrum and they don't like your boundary, that is totally fine. Let them throw the tantrum, but don't give in on the boundary. I love that. And then you you treat it as if I'm going to wait at the table and you're welcome to come back to the table at any time. I've set my boundary. And if you're willing to adhere to the boundary, welcome back. No worries. But if you're not... Have your tantrum. It's just not my problem that you're having your yeah. tantrum. But you should expect that people are not always going to be happy when you set a boundary. And that's fine. Yeah. It just You don't compromise your boundary as a And result. you don't have to justify it either. No. You don't have to be like, I need you to not do this because. You can just say like, this is not okay around me, period. Yeah. You know, that's allowed. Always. Okay, I hope that was helpful, Hannah. We have time for one more question. Hi, April and Sophie. Longtime listener, first time Hannah here. Um, and I have a question that I hope doesn't make me sound like a bad person, but please forgive me if it does. Um, as I've been getting more into body positivity and fat positivity, I find myself um, in a lot more fat positive um, spaces, which I think is awesome. Um, but sometimes I come across in those spaces um, straight-sized or thin people um, who, well, some of them are obvious allies, um, which is really great, um, but some of them are claiming to actually be fat, um, chiming in about the issues they're having living in a fat body, claiming to be having trouble accepting their fat body, etc. Um, and I realize that some people online might not be using their current pictures, you know, or might not be representing themselves the way that they truly are, um, or that they really do have the belief that they're fat. Um, but I feel hurt and I feel like they're subtly letting me know that I'm not okay um, or not acceptable because I actually am fat and I actually have experienced discriminations and other problems because of that. Um, so really, 
I guess I'm just at a loss of what I can say that will help that type of person or this type of person I've come across with their own obvious body issues while um, also helping them, you know, to be aware that the words that they're saying could be hurtful um, to fat people um, like me. So if you all have any advice on this, I'd really, really love to hear it. Thank you. Bye. Hannah, number one, you don't sound dumb or weird or whatever you were worried about. You're great. Um, number two, um, to you and to like the previous letter writers, I'd also like to just say again that our Facebook group is honestly like a really great resource. You can apply for our scholarship if you don't have the funds to like do a Patreon every month, but like that's a very safe space to like talk it's about this shit. Great. And like a very good place to talk about this stuff with people who like get it. Also, uh, yeah, we're going to link in the show notes. I recently tweeted that my issues with people saying I feel fat when they're not. And I was so surprised by the weird ass pushback I got. Oh, I saw your Wasn't whole- it bizarre? It was all this pushback from women mostly who are either thin or who have lost weight. And it was like, you don't understand. Literally, some people told me I don't understand what it's like to feel fat because I am fat. I'm like, what are you talking about? I saw that about? tweet, by the way. And I was, I was like, just like, oh. <laughs> it's like, you mean I don't understand the fear of being marginalized because I am marginalized? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? You know? Rachel Dole is all bullshit. I just think saying I feel fat or like claiming fatness when you're thin, it's so weird. It's so weird. I mean, it's like, just say the actual thing, which is I'm afraid of being like treated badly. I'm or afraid just, of... I feel crummy about my body today and I have only learned to relate crumminess about my appearance to my weight. Yeah. Like, I mean, I get, you're probably not going to say that, but you know what you I'm know, saying. I mean, also like, yeah, I was like, okay, some options to what to say instead. I feel insecure today. I'm feeling, I'm extra aware of society's pressure to be thin today. Yes. I'm feeling a little dysmorphic today. I'm feeling like I can't control my body today. Like just be more specific because I feel fat only equates fatness with badness and it is super harmful to fat people it's it's very insulting and i get it's very insulting and i get very salty about people who say they're fat when they're not and then i think that's obviously distinct from saying i feel fat right but i also, i get yeah, very i'm not like we get a lot of questions that are like can i say i'm fat i'm this size and i'm like i'm not gonna i'm not the fat gatekeeper <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but also you guys, I feel like you've, I feel like I've seen this floating around the internet and maybe you guys have shared it or maybe I've just seen it floating around, but there are charts that are around that sort of break down small, mid and super fat yeah. and then infinite fat based on accessibility issues. Yeah. And I think it's a really great way to not necessarily push back on people who are saying they're fat that you don't think are fat, but sort of try and highlight, educate them and say, oh, wow, you're fat. Yeah. I, I'd love you to take a look at this chart and see what you experience that parallels in this chart because- I am very sensitive to people who are not fat saying they're fat. Yeah. That is a very sensitive thing for me because... And then people are like, people are always like, well, I feel fat. Like sometimes society pressures me. No, it's like you've never had a chair break in a restaurant. You've never been able to not sit somewhere. You've never like literally had a bathroom stall too narrow. Like it's, yeah. it's you don't know what it's like to feel the humiliating pressures of being rejected by the world until you are trapped in a bathroom stall, I assure you. So it's, there's a lot of reasons to be afraid of being fat and it's not because you're fat, it's because of the tricky situations 
limited access presents to you. So I'm afraid of tiny bathroom stalls or tiny chairs or booths or uh, Uber drivers yelling at me about my seatbelt when it doesn't fit and humiliating sidewalks, me. Yes, yeah, just oh, don't get me started on planes, <laughs> trains. Um, yeah. But sh- shout out to the Patreon Facebook group when I went to Europe and needed some advice about train seat purchasing. There was many people there who helped me out. So Were thank there, you, friends. Was it helpful? It was very helpful. Oh, good. One girl was like, "Yeah, I got two seats and I didn't need it." And one was like, "If you're sitting next to someone you know, it'll be okay." Like, it was great. That's awesome. I really would encourage again to present, not present people, but perhaps expose people to the spectrum of what fat experiences are through yeah. an accessibility lens, because that's where I get really passionate about what it really means to be fat. Yeah. I mean, that it's it honestly relates to me to the earlier question from the science writer, where I'm like, what does fat mean? What right. does obesity mean? Does it mean an experience? Does it mean the way science, like the way medicine, the tools medicine has to treat you. Sometimes the fat experience has to do with, um, okay, literally like for example, I mean, I'm thinking about this cause I just watched shrill. The morning after pill isn't made for women right, exactly. over 180 pounds or people with uteruses, you know, over 180 pounds. That means that people who are quote unquote obese or whatever have higher risk for, you know, failure, blah, 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 blah of, you know what I mean? Where it's like, that doesn't have much to do with your body. That has to do with the medical field leaving you out. And that's the same where it's like, okay, if you want to talk about being fat or like facing, like anyone can talk about facing pressure from society or facing body shame or facing whatever. But like, it's the same thing as like, I don't want to hear a white person talking about how sad they are about racism. You know what I mean? I want to hear about like what you're doing because you're not affected by it. Every white person benefits from racism, benefits from like the racial structures in our society, even if you are sad about it. So I'm like, or even if you feel uncomfortable in rooms, sometimes if you're the only white person or whatever, which I'm like, there's probably not that many rooms where that's true for you, you know? Yeah. So like, if you are thin and you're like, number one, I feel fat. I can't with that. We already talked about that. But number two, if you're like, I'm chubby, like I'm a 12 or whatever, you know what I mean? First of all, there's not like, which is not to say, you know, all body sizes and shapes are different. We were just talking earlier about how you and I wear the same pants size, even though we have way different size bodies, I feel like. Way different. (laughs) For instance, I have... 8,000 more boobs than Sophie. Um, <laughs> specifically, 8,000 individual more boobs. fertility statue. I have, I'm, I'm a board. <laughs> no boobs. Yeah, and yet we wear the same size clothes or yeah. where we carry our weight is Very, different. Yeah, it's super different. But like, you know, so it's not like I'm like, you have to have these measurements to be fat. But it's just like, I don't know. I like the word, personally, I like the word chubby for this. Where I'm like... Could you just say you're chubby instead of fat? Because to me, fat feels very don't special. Just say thick. Yeah, I don't care. You can be thick. Right. Exactly. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm never gonna be like you are allowed to say fat and you're not allowed to say fat. But like, don't co-opt experiences you don't have. And again, right? My experience is limited. Well, not not limited. I've been all kinds of fat, but my yeah. experience, specifically being on the larger end of the fat spectrum, makes me hypersensitive about this kind of yeah. stuff because it's like. I I so appreciate that you're a small fat and you're totally welcome to be fat, but you definitely don't know what it's like to have to get a seatbelt extender for your car. Right. Not just for your getting in the airplane because airplane seatbelts are tiny. Car seatbelts are bigger than airplane seatbelts. So when you're car seatbelt extender fat, there is a whole different experience of society is not made for me than not, you know? And it's, it's so I, I, I'm, 
I am touchy on this topic because I think it's like I'm Jewish. Okay, there's lots of there's plenty of instances in history, no shit, where Jews are oppressed. But I have no reason or authority ever to talk about racism other than trying to help other white people unlearn it because yeah. I, I'm not oppressed in America. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, you know. Well, anti-Semitism is not the same as. As, as black racist, anti-black racism. It's not the same as structural oppression. It's just, it doesn't exist in this country. It doesn't manifest in that same way. So sure, I can tell you what it's like to like be an ethnic minority, but not much else. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, not to discount the like anti-Semitism that's been on the rise, but it's yes. not the same thing as anti-black yes. racism. It's, it's just different. It, it's just not. It's, Jewish people were not slaves in America. No, it just also to scale. Egypt on the other <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Egypt, we're coming for you. <laughs> no, but like, but just to scale, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know how to have these conversations with people, but I did tweet the other day that I was like, I now sometimes text my friends like, she's not even fat. <laughs> I saw that tweet too. <laughs> when like in middle school, I would have been like, she's not even fat. Like, or like, you know what I mean? I would yeah, have said it like in the, a totally different way. That it's gatekeeping in opposite directions. Yes, <laughs> it's so funny, right? Yeah. But like, you know, I mean, mostly I just get the, the way that this annoys me because I, the spectrum of experience is not confined by weight or clothing yeah. size. It's combined by, and that's why I really do appreciate the accessibility focus of those yes. designations because Things that are accessible for you are not accessible for me. Yeah. And that isn't indicative by our pant size alone. Yeah, totally. It's indicative by the fact that seatbelts aren't meant to go over giant boobs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, belt. fucking seatbelts. Ralph Nader did me dirty. <laughs> Do you think that your boobs would protect you in a car crash? Um, I don't know if they'd protect me in a car crash, but they have protected me upon falling really? many times. Yeah. Like if my hands can't get to my face, like usually I have a second because like the boobs hit before the face hits if I face plant kind of a thing. Wow. Meanwhile, I've literally bruised my sternum from falling. <laughs> <laughs> but also like I want you, I know we've been in a pool together before, yeah. but I don't know that you've ever seen me like do a cannonball. Uh-uh. But it's. It's an experience because, or if I'm like doing a belly flop deliberately to just entertain people, uh -huh. which is something that I have been known to do when drunk, um, the boobs hit first. Oh my God. Everything, everything is boob. Like I have trouble walking upstairs because my center of gravity is fucked up. Oh my God. And so like I hunch going upstairs because the gravitational pull of my breasts is too Damn. strong. Anyways, I uh, hope that these answers were helpful for all y'all Hannahs out there. Please send us more questions for Alex and for me, but also for Alex. Um, I hope you enjoy this mailbag up. Be sure to sign up for Team I Love Bread if you would like to hear Alex talk all about Fat Presidents, which we're about to record. Um, Alex, thank you so much for being here with me. I appreciate you, and I love you, and I value our fat friendship so much. Right back at you, and I appreciate you giving me a space to talk about how much I hate Grover Cleveland. It's really like <laughs> not a lot of people are willing to offer me that kind of airtime, and I, I just want to say it's duly noted. Okay, let's get into it. Okay, so we have solved these four questions about the fat experience you want to say you're welcome with me sure you're, you're welcome. welcome and that's our show she's all fat was created by me sophie carter khan and the iconic april k quio who was on a break this season you know what she said to me the other day though was oh here here the parisians go all right april 
We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions via email or voice recording to fyi at she's all fat pod.com. Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show. If you leave us a review, we'll give you a shout out on the pod next week. Our music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish and our logo is by Britt Scott. This episode was co-produced and edited by Maria Wirtel. Our junior producer is the amazing Lynn Barbara. I am our host and co-producer. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Bye. That's fine. You want to transfer hold, some boob just, fat? Let me just, just give shave me some. some off. <laughs> give me some boobs. <laughs> I want some boobs. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.